Welcome to Transmissions from the Evil Lair, the official podcast of the Brotherhood of Evil Geeks. Hey everybody, what's up? This is Seamart. And Adiz of Wendy. And we are doing a dual intro this week Ooh. for Transmissions from the Evil Lair. Uh, we have a real cool show for you today. We have creator Greg Wright stopping by for his second appearance. Uh, he's here to talk about his new comic. It's based on the TV show Holliston. Uh, it's called Holliston, Friendship is Tragic. Um, he described it as... Um, what do you see? Is it like the horror version of the Big Bang Theory, basically? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously a clever pun on friendship is tragic. My little pony friendship is magic, but yeah. you won't find any cute ponies in that comic, let me tell you. <laughs> Hopefully not, anyway. Uh, but here we go. This is uh, Greg Wright making his second appearance on Transmissions from the Evil Lair. Enjoy! Uh, but what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, I am Seamark, so welcome to another edition of Transmissions from the Evil Lair. Joining me today, I have... Undies of Wendy. Uh, we have a returning guest making their second appearance. We have, joining us, Dr. Greg Wright. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, Greg was here uh, not that long ago, maybe like a year, year and a half ago. Uh, Something talk- like that. Yeah, we are talking about your comic, Wild Bullets. Um... Which, like, I still think the premise is so amazing. It's four, like, super siblings, basically. One of them's a, uh, a mad scientist, one's an archaeologist, a uh, detective, and a monster hunter. Did I get that right? Yeah, wow, nice. <laughs> Good job. Uh, and they come together to solve a uh, mystery. So. Was this was this pre me being on the podcast or no? Nope. You you weren't on. You were. It was me and uh, me and Biff Tannen because because uh, uh, you also have done some like uh, some like pulp crime comics, right, Greg? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So I think that's how how, uh, how Biff was uh, familiar with him. Huh. Uh, so you know we had our resident pulp guy in, but uh, no no Biff tonight. Just me. Yeah. <laughs> you got plain old me, plain old these of Bundy. But you've been working on something new since then. Uh, tell us about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, actually, there's there's been two two pretty big projects since then. I'll go in chronological order. All right. Um, the the one the the title that I worked on after. Wild Bullets is uh, something called Monstrous with uh, Ken Lemoog, and uh, what the <clears throat> basic premise is for that is it's set in Frankenstein's Europe, and it's uh, steam-powered robots versus monsters. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, so it's like this uh, steampunk riff on all the classic monsters like Dracula and Dr. Frankenstein and Igor, who comes along and does tech support on the brains and the jars and everything, and... Um, <laughs> There's four issues out already. Each one's a standalone, separate story, that so people can buy them in any order, read them in any order. Uh, sometimes the good guys are are there and they win, and sometimes the bad guys are there and they win. But uh, everybody is a little bit monstrous, and uh, that's been doing really well. That and sounds awesome. I really yeah. have to check that out. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, it's it's been it's been terrific. People have been really excited about it. And Ken and I, so like I said, these four are all standalone stories. And then the next four are going to be um, a four-issue arc that's tying all of them together into one big, uh, one big story. That uh, so the first four are collected called Tales of Valor and Villainy, and the second four are going to get collected in once once they come out uh, in a in a trade paperback called uh, that that narrative arc is called European Getaway. <laughs> and it's going to be kind of like a, a fugitive story. So a guy who's on both sides of the law and everything. Um, 
and people are really getting excited about this. I've taken that book all over. I've taken it to, you know, Philadelphia and Indianapolis and Chicago and Detroit, and um, you know, it's it's going all over. And uh, you know, we've shipped it all over as well. It's been it's been really popular. So uh, I'm excited about that. But the newest thing, which always, you know, it, it, it's like Sophie's Choice. You can't pick which one's your favorite. Yeah, but they're all my favorite. They're all my favorite. Oh, I love all my children. Um, <laughs> But the, the newest thing is the thing that I'm the most excited about because it's the newest. It's called Holliston, Friendship is Tragic. It is a graphic novel adaptation of the Holliston TV show, which uh, is done by cult horror fa- fan favorite Adam Green. And for those who are not familiar, Holliston basically tells his life story growing up in Holliston, Massachusetts, where he was a broke horror filmmaker with his friends just trying to get projects off the ground while working at the cable company. Mm. Uh, And it's kind of like the Big Bang Theory, but for horror nerds. So it's riffing on, you know, lots of crazy old stuff like Poltergeist and Nightmare on Elm Street, the Friday the 13th movies. Uh, There's all kinds of weird, crazy stuff going on, lots of references to heavy metal and horror icons show up and play all the bit parts. So, like, you've got Kane Hodder on there and, uh, you know, all, all these John Landis, all these different people. Sometimes they play themselves. Sometimes they play a weird version of themselves like uh, Brian Posehn's on there, Seth Green, all this kind of crazy cool stuff on there. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to be able to write the adaptation of this. And um, so what my story is, is it's trying to expand it a little more, doing something that they couldn't do with the budget of a TV show. And, you know, because it doesn't cost any more to draw, let's say, like dinosaurs and aliens than it does, uh, you know, the interior there. Yeah, well, we just start adding dinosaurs part- for a TV show, the CGI budget starts... Yeah. Flying way up. <laughs> exactly. Unless you're talking about like the TV show Dinosaurs, which went very low tech. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but still a classic. Still love that show. Oh yeah, not not the, not the mama, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so started. <laughs> oh right, yeah, no, no. Uh, and so what the what the setup is for Friendship is Tragic is it's um it's a 54 page graphic novel and. In it, uh, the four friends that I mentioned, which, again, it's Adam Green, who's played by Adam Green, and Joe Lynch, who's played by Joe Lynch, and Corey English and Laura Ortiz also play Corey and Laura. Um, And uh, Dee Snyder from Twisted Sister is in this, and he's their boss. He plays Lance Rocket, this, like, glam rocker guy. Nice. And in the story of the comic, they find a cursed credit card under a dead black cat, and they use it to buy each other. Halloween presents, because Halloween is like their Christmas. Okay. Uh, but the gifts all wind up cursed because of this cursed credit card. So it threatens to uh, destroy them, destroy their friendship, and destroy the town of Holliston itself, unleashing, like I said, d- uh, dinosaurs and UFOs and killers, and also the deadliest threat of all, success. <laughs> and that's why you should never use a credit card that you find under a dead black cat. Exactly. Exactly. Extreme emergency. Yeah, I mean Halloween right around the corner. I wish more people celebrated Halloween like Christmas. I, for one, would be on board with that. That would be awesome. Yeah. Like. Oh yeah. I to me that that I, I, that's my favorite holiday of the whole year, and I know that that's not really all that controversial. I feel like more and more people are sort of jumping on that bandwagon, but it's like for me, I just love Halloween. I love horror movies. I love all the cheesy stuff. You know, yeah. both the classic movies that I riff on in Monstrous, as well as the more sort of updated, contemporary, modern type stuff that we're making uh, jokes about in in the Holliston comic and stuff. So, if I had my way, we would have like a couple. You know, like they have like Christmas in July. I want to have like Halloween in July, and you know, maybe February too. There's like some. This post- is Halloween. This. Yeah, that's my that's this, my aesthetic essentially. Um, yeah, no, we were. Um, I saw this like post on Facebook somewhere, and it was like, "What if we just had Halloween all year round?" And Valentine's Day was like, ho- like bloody Halloween, like hard Halloween, and then there's a. Uh, like Christmas Halloween, and like it was just like all the different holidays, but like with Halloween. And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> I, I could embrace this. See, I feel like Christmas is like you know the favorite child. Like no, that's the one that everybody's no, like, oh, I, we love it, we love it. Like, but now I think Halloween like got some good grades recently. Maybe you know made a few extra baskets and practice one day. Now they're becoming the favorite child. You know, like 
I think well, it's, it's getting... the internet loves Halloween. Like, yeah. that's the thing. Um, I, like, but the, that holiday is like having its moment finally. Like, we've we've loved Halloween for the whole time. We were like the OG Halloween people. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I <laughs> I always think it's funny to have like that kind of status of like authenticity where it's like, listen, man, my family was obese before it was popular. Okay, <laughs> you don't know cool. real Halloween. You don't know real Halloween. You're not a real geek. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I feel like I was gonna say I feel like monsters are having a moment too in general. Like, uh, you know, I know like Universal's trying to like. Uh, you know, bring them back movie wise, and I feel like that's really not kind of working. I think that Wait, that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, I, that's I actually this. going on. Yeah, this is yeah. They want to have a like a shared universe thing, like like the old House of Dracula, House of Frankenstein movies, where like the Avengers, they all all their movies feed into each other and support the brand, right? Yeah, yeah. They had that Dracula movie came out like last year that nobody saw. I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even know about that either. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. Hey, I mean, I consider myself pretty much you know a Universal monster movie fan, if not just a Universal fan in general. Um, but Tom Cruise is doing a mummy movie. I think it's coming out maybe next year. Uh, that's right. Tom yeah. Cruise, though. Yeah. Um, I think there's you know, other ones in development, too, but those are the the most prominent ones. That's kind of ironic, considering that his looks basically make him seem like he's been mummified, right? And yeah, like, how are you? Yeah, he's like this immortal, unaging guy, and he's chasing the mummy. Like, right, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> wait, you're not the mummy in this yeah. movie? Weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of Universal, kind of going off the monster thing, um, I fell into, like, you, do you ever, like, fall into, like, a YouTube hole? Yes. Yeah, I say it all the time. Um, and I fell into the YouTube hole of um, somebody on my Instagram uh, works for Universal, like, in the park and does Halloween Horror Nights. Like, she was, like, a character in Halloween Horror Nights, just like some awesome. random girl I know. And then I, like, started reading about Halloween Horror Nights, and then I fell into the YouTube hole of watching like footage from Halloween Horror Nights and that shit looks pretty fucking legit like I need to go like <laughs> that's that's what I need to say about that but I mean I, I, any place that does a haunted house specifically based off of John Carpenter's Halloween has all of my votes <laughs> that's awesome I, yeah, I haven't been for that but I did go to the Universal Studios in Florida before they closed the Jaws ride. Oh, and, man. And, and my, my little claim to fame there is that my dad's cousin was one of the people who helped design the engineering on that. And they still have YouTube videos of this. So you can still kind of sort of experience the ride. And even watching the videos freaks me out because it's like, ah, it's the shark and it's right there. And oh, man, that was such a trip to be able to do that. And they got rid of a lot of stuff. They got rid of the Jaws ride. They got rid of the Alfred Hitchcock stuff. And that's it's cool that they're putting in new stuff, but I, I love I love some of that old preser- preserve the cool stuff too. Yeah, we're actually going next month, and I got excited today because I saw that there's a statue of like the Gill Man from a uh, creature from the Black Lagoon at Universal Studios. Like, one of the, yeah, like one of like the horror areas. I was like, yeah, I have to go get a picture of that. Um, the the Jaws thing, I remember like going on that ride and. It does really sadden me that that doesn't exist anymore. But I think you could still get your head inside the... I think they still have the statue there, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, right. I might have taken it out by now, but fingers crossed. A lot of the stuff in California is still... Like, the older rides exist in the Hollywood one. But I think in Florida, there was a... Um, I don't know. I th- I'm pretty sure it's the Florida one. There was, like, a fire. And that's why a lot of those rides don't exist anymore. Oh man! Like yeah, a lot of the things were. I know King Kong burned down. Yeah. Oh my true. gosh. <laughs> Ironically, yeah. I mean, there's fake fire all over the place, but then there was real fire, and that sucks. But yeah, no, that was a great ride. That King Kong one too. Um, oh yeah, I, I I love King Kong. I'm excited about that movie coming out, and yes, that preview looks really cool. Yeah, it was like one of the only previews we saw the other day when we went to go see Fantastic Beasts that didn't make me angry. Because I don't know what's up with movies lately, guys. <laughs> this shit's crazy. No one knows how to write a movie anymore. There was, like, at least five movie things that I said. Well, no one knows how to write a trailer anymore. Like, what was one of the one we were watching? I'm like, why don't they just show us the whole movie? Yeah, it was the Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Chris Pratt one. Yeah. And it was literally, you saw the whole movie. We were like, well, that's anticlimactic. Now we can't watch that. But, I don't know, I feel like everything is just, like, B-movie part two. 
B movie part three. Like, yeah. <laughs> when I say B movie, I don't mean like a B list horror movie. I mean like B movie, like Jerry Seinfeld was Jerry Seinfeld. Like obscure pull. Yet the only movie that isn't getting like a sequel these days. Wow. No. Well, well not, why not? Like yeah. the internet loves that movie too. That's a that's a meme. Right? <laughs> What's the deal with pollen? I tell you. <laughs> I've never actually sat through the entirety of B movie, but. It's not great. <laughs> I, I've read like the like the uh, those long posts about like what's wrong with B movie. Like a human wants to marry a bee. I'm pretty sure that's like the majority of the plot. Uh, one of the things I the only thing I really remember from this is like at one point they paint a giant flower on a runway and a plane somehow is like flying around the flower like it's a bee, and it's just like this is so weird and like. And Matthew Broderick's in it. I don't. I, I just. I didn't really understand it. I don't remember much about it other than it being. And he like has this elaborate court scene with John Goodman in it. I'm like, oh, what yeah. is going on? The bee, the bee sues for his like human rights. Okay. So it's like Ted, like Ted too. So it's, it's like, like, a, like a courtroom drama on top of a kids movie. Yeah, or... and then there's one part where the bee's in the hospital for some reason, and he's in a big person <laughs> hospital bed, but he's a fucking bee. It's, yeah, it's like inherit the wind, but with an animated bee. <laughs> oh my god, I can't. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, Universal. Yeah, so, so we've gone from yeah, we went comics off. to theme parks to monsters <laughs> to kids movies. All right, yeah, yeah. Um, so what would you consider like some of your like favorite horror movies? I will say. Oh boy! I, you know, I mean, just because we were talking about them, I'm probably thinking about like Bride of Frankenstein, and you mentioned, you know, Creature from the Black Lagoon. I love the the Universal uh, Studios ones, but it's like I'm in one mood for that. I mean, I also we talked about King Kong. I love King Kong and yeah. the Godzilla movies, uh, and that actually ties in with another thing that I got coming out next year with uh, Eric Reichenbach, who was on Survivor twice. And oh, that's, that's not just name sounded familiar. We love Survivor in this household. Okay, yeah, he's been on there twice. He uh, is the guy whose sort of claim to fame is that he gave up his immunity as a gesture of goodwill and was immediately voted off afterwards. So okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from Michigan. He lives in Ann Arbor. No, he 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 lives in in Lansing now. He used to live in Ann Arbor. And uh, boy, I hope I'm not just like. Blowing his witness protection or something like that. Um, Little did you know he stole a million dollars from the Russian mob. Like, I feel like there this we guy go. looks familiar to me. Like I, I, I haven't been watching Survivor as long as Seamart, but no, I totally remember him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He so was like, he, really young when he was first on, right? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah very, very young. And uh, he's been on there twice, and I'm not just name-dropping to say that, but uh, it has to do with the pitch, which is, it's called Last Monster Standing, and the basic idea is that giant monsters invade Tokyo, and then they get their own reality show. Um, so it's kind of like riffing on all of the, like, Gamera and Godzilla, and except they all have regular names, like, you know, Kyle and Travis and That's Connie great. and things like that. <laughs> yeah. And the giant robots like I'm not here to make friends, and you know all the all the uh, reality TV show stuff. Yeah, all the tropes that come into play. That's awesome. I, that's great because I can just picture like you know Godzilla. Everyone's like, oh my god, it's Godzilla. My name is Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and honestly, we started this project uh, before uh, Trump even announced his candidacy, and I feel like now we are living in a in a world where reality TV is now becoming the reality. Where you know, uh, it's 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 surreal. <laughs> yeah, it's just upside down and just crazy. Now. We live in the upside down. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've seen Stranger Things, but that's where we are right now. <sighs> We have a I already. actually just started watching that just yesterday, and I got like 20 minutes into it, and I was really digging it, but I had to stop because I had to get this uh, work done. So I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm an authority on those first 20 minutes, though. <laughs> I will rock those first 20 minutes if that's what we're talking about. No, for real, <laughs> though, um, I admire your um, commitment to your work because what Seamart and I did this summer was, let's watch one episode of Stranger Things. We could watch like four more, right? Like, yeah, yeah that's... <laughs> That's good. We burned through it in like maybe like three or four days. Yeah, it was it was intense, but you'll like it. I won't give anything away, but um, oh yeah, it's right up my alley. Because I mean, I love those movies too. You know, that it's kind of riffing on uh, stuff like E. T. and uh, if you love anything that Spielberg did in like the eighties, then you're pretty much gonna love this. (laughs) And like the Joe Dante movies, like like Gremlins and Explorers and stuff like that, where. 
Yeah. For real, the E.T. thing just reminded me that the Universal Studios also has an E.T. ride. And when you go on it, you give your name to the person who's running the ride. And at the end, E.T. says, thank you, and says your name. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I remember that. I remember that. And it's so weird. You go to his planet, right? Yeah. And it's, like, totally, like, different. And then, like, the in the beginning, like, you see, like, the... Um, astronauts and shit chasing you and it's like (laughs) it's like the worst my worst fears basically because that shit scared the crap out of me as a kid um well that that was frightening that whole thing like when you and they're like hunting down (coughs) et like all the and when he's dying yeah the government people are like setting up these like labs and things like have you no heart yeah et and elliot need to be connected guys um yeah, no, but I remember the the one thing I remember about going on that ride as a kid with my family is we all used to give like stupid names. So he'd be like, Thank you, Bertha and like <laughs> just like say random names and we thought it was hilarious. So now when we go back I will have to give them a stupid name. <laughs> you rebel you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, butt face. <laughs> oh, man. I wish it could be like a thing, but they they put it on like a card so it has to be something that's in their system. But I was always like, can my name be Butthead? And then they're like, no, we know that's not your name. I'm like, yes, it is. It's ethnic. <laughs> and, then, and then E.T.'s like, thank you, Butthead. <laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't really pronounce the names very well. Um, I know that one time we gave all names that end with Y's. Cause, so my dad is Vinny, so then my mom was like, I'm going to be Kimmy. And then my sister was like, Christy. And then I did Mandy. And he's like, thank you. And we were like, we broke him. He's speaking alien language, kids. He yes. said it. Like, he does that. That's what freaked me out when I watched it as a kid, when he was like. And I'm like, whoa. My sister was definitely afraid of, like, E.T., like, himself. Like, the actual alien. And, um. Uh, one of our neighbors had like a little doll of him and we used to have to hide it when my sister was like gonna <laughs> hang out with us because she was so afraid of it but when I was like being a dick and I didn't want my sister to play with us I would like put it out so she would like run away and cry I, uh, I, as a child I owned the E.T. the notorious E.T. video game oh, oh one no. that like was yeah. buried in the desert yeah the Atari one when I had that when I was a kid and I was too young and stupid to realize this was a completely fruitless endeavor like well, what's the point of the game? There is no point to the game. Like you, you have to, fly. yeah, you have to like, do, 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 like reassemble pieces of his ship. But I think it's actually impossible to do so. And like they just put the game out anyway because it was like the hot movie. So like, let's make a quick buck off of it. And there's just there's no way to like end the game. It's terrible. It's just absolutely terrible. That's so scary. That's like. <laughs> A never-ending, like, what if someone's, like, main only focus in this world is to just beat the E.T. game? <laughs> Good luck. But, yeah, they, they, that's the, the 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 old, like, urban legend, which they actually proved true, that Atari, like, took all these unsold copies of this game and just buried them somewhere in the desert. They found them, like, not too long ago. Yeah, like, I think it was, like, a year or two ago. ago they dug them up. Yeah. Yeah, that's so weird. I feel like... Uh, you know, kids <laughs> watch me be like this old man on his porch or whatever. Stay off my lawn! But I feel like kids today, they, there's just no mystery about things. Like, hey, I heard that they buried these in the desert. No way, man! But now it's like, yeah, we can look it up. Let's Google it. Oh, there it is. There okay. It is. Yeah, we can go true. visit it if we want. Because there are so many things, like stupid fucking questions that I have that I don't even ask out loud anymore because I just Google it. Like, if you could see the things that I've Google searched... I'm sure... Oh, yeah, I'm terrified. Somebody's going to one day see the list of things I've Googled. Yeah, like, what Like what happens if you don't clean your belly button? That was a, literally a thing that I Googled. <laughs> um, well, I don't even know. I just... I am very weird about the things <laughs> I search. Because I'm too embarrassed to ask them out loud. So I put them in my phone where the government can see them. Yeah. The right. Um, yeah, I'll probably be arrested by the end of this podcast. So, <laughs> so- hey... <laughs> Um, um, back to the comic, though the Holliston comic. Um, how did you get involved with the uh, with the guys from the TV show? Oh, uh, this is a this is pretty cool. Uh, my my editor at Source Point Press, Travis McIntyre. Uh, you know, he was on the show before, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's you know a more or less decent human being. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's an endorsement, right? Decent human right, being. Yeah. More. Well, I said more or less. Yeah, I mean, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, he uh, w- what he did is um, he approached Adam Green because uh, they were thinking, you know, because we're uh, Source Point Press is basically like they pour- they publish a lot of horror, a lot of sci-fi and pulp. Uh, that's really sort of their brand, and they were like, okay, are there any? Uh, indie people out there who might be able to uh, get us some licensed properties. And Adam Green was like, oh, I love that you guys are doing this whole do-it-yourself thing. I can, I really get, you know, your 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 branding and your struggle. And he's even actually said, uh, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to do this with you if you guys were like an established thing uh, where, you know, this is just another feather in your cap or whatever. Yeah. He's like, this is cool because this is something where you guys are hungry and you want to build your brand and build your reputation. And uh, the book... Honestly, is just I feel like it's it's one of the best things I've done. Uh, Steve Shar did the pencils and inks, and Josh Werner did the colors and letters, and it's just a gorgeous book. It turned out really, really, really good. I'm very pleased and very impressed and very proud of it. Uh, so yeah, it's one of those things that you know we really rose to the occasion. And there's lots of little Easter eggs for horror fans or sci-fi fans or even just comics fans. Uh, so. It's something that seems like it's a niche, but you don't need to know the show to to love the comic. It's really it's its own independent standalone standalone story kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say the show is on FearNet, I believe. Right? I, again, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, my I'm research. just looking it up. <laughs> it sounds like something yes. I would really enjoy, yeah. and I'd never heard of it before. Actually, um, uh, yeah, no, they did a whole episode with uh, your boy, the Candyman, over there. Oh, Tony Todd. Yeah. Oh my awesome. gosh. That is one of my favorites. Tony Todd, the Tony Todd episode, Tony Todd plays like a hyper crazy version of himself and he just like crashes on their couch and won't leave. So he's like this house guest from hell. (laughs) That's cool. Uh, I actually just was drinking. I was very drunk alongside Tony Todd. We drank with Tony Todd Todd about a month ago, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's he's pretty hyper crazy himself. Yeah, he trolled me for upwards of like an hour telling me that he knew Herman Cain. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. I still don't understand why, but it was a thing. Our friend was like feeding him all this weird information about me, so he like pretended like he was psychic, and I was like, "No, my friend was just talking to you. I'm not that drunk yeah. or stupid." <laughs> but yeah, so, no, he was. Uh, yeah, he was pretty hyper. I, I did an interview with him. I haven't put out put it out yet. We're actually we're gonna do a like a Tony Todd uh, episode of the podcast where we're talking about that's awesome. Because I, I love Tony Todd. I mean, going back like for years, I've been saying how much I love him. Like. I, 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 everybody's probably sick of me saying this, but I love the remake of Night of the Living Dead. Like for some reason, just like I'm not a remake person, but that I, that I really love that movie. It's a quality remake. It's yeah. really good. Um, you know, the, the effects are good. I mean, obviously because it's Tom Savini and everything like that. But uh, I feel like it really holds its own. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I said that when I when I interviewed him. Like, you know, people will you always give crap to remakes, but I, like that movie absolutely. Stands on its own merits. I'm like, you know, it's mostly because of you. Like, well, the, the, <laughs> the other thing we were that he was making fun of me about was that I'm much too young to have seen half of his movies, like when they came out. <laughs> so I'm like, I've seen like, can- I remember seeing Candyman at some point, but like, it wasn't when it came out. He's like, well, how old are you? And I'm like, 25. And he just like stared at me and like walked away for a second, and then came back. And he's like, do you remember Babe? I was in Babe, and I was like. <laughs> I, would, I still don't know if he was actually in Babe. I might have to Google that, but <laughs> I would, I'd take his word for it. I take his word for yeah. it. I would have just been like, "That'll do, pig." His, his exact words were, "I was the one black guy in Babe." That was the, that was the actual <laughs> sentence that was spoken to me at, at the bar that night. So um, yeah, Tony Todd. Um, yeah, but the show seems like it would be really interesting. And I mean, I, any I love any sort of comic tie-in with the shows because you kind of have that. It's cool to, like, have that freedom, I guess, right? Like, where, you know, you're not bound to, you know, budgets and special effects. Reality. Yeah, you're not bound to reality. You do what you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it is it is a lot of fun. And, like, uh, people... Because the thing is, this was a tough writing gig, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I, like, in retrospect, I... Like, most of it, I was just kind of sort of trying to block it out. Because I'm writing... You know, the character Adam Green for Adam Green, who plays Adam Green, and he is the only one who had ever written for the character of Adam Green, and he directed, he didn't direct all the episodes, but he directed many of the episodes along with Sean Becker, and so I'm, you know, I'm basically like, hey, I'm going to tell you what you say as a character. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, but he loved it, and he said he's just been so complimentary and supportive the whole way through. And uh, also, like he's the other thing that's intimidating is he's got a very rabid fan base. They call themselves Holliston Nation. They are all on board for season three, which is coming out next year, and that's going to be coming out on Geek Nation because FearNet has shut down. Okay. Um, and they're just they're they're over the moon about this. They you know they. Put it up like I've seen people get into cosplay to get a picture taken with it to put it out on Twitter and Facebook and stuff and like one guy framed it and put it up on his wall and I'm like wow there's a comic that's got my name I'm on this dude's apartment wall I'm like that's crazy to me <laughs> that's uh, so cool yeah yeah it's been a really wild ride and very exciting um yeah the question for you which like I kind of got sidetracked and forgot about it for a second friendship is tragic is that a play on the My Little Pony friendship is magic you, you, you bet it is you bet it is oh, man. <laughs> we could have done like a pony. serious title like oh you know the gifts or the curse or the credit card or something like that but it's like uh, you know it, it was actually an, a title that Adam Green came up with he's like That's or hilarious. we could do something goofy like I don't know like friendship is tragic I'm like yes and uh, <laughs> Travis McIntyre was like, it figures that you would pick the horrible pun. I'm like, he and I are on that same wavelength together. <laughs> that's, that's how it always goes. It's the title that you just like throw out there. It's the one that everybody's like, yeah, yeah. Like that's how this website got named. Is it really? Yeah, like we were, me and Big Evil were sitting around like we were first putting this together, and like he's like, I don't know, think of like a, a, like a comic villain name. I'm like, uh, I don't know, like the Brotherhood of Evil Geeks or something like that. Like. And like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Like, well, that's great. Just, I love that. Like I threw out there knowing it was something like just like uh, that's just a throwaway. Like, nope, that's the one we went with. Well, I mean, I, I I was like, wow, that's so creative. And then it's like you know people laugh at my Twitter handle all the time, like yeah, yeah. literally. And it's like I just don't think about it because it's just something. It rhymes undies of one D like Wonder Woman's underwear. It works. <laughs> underwear is funny. Ha ha. <laughs> it's a conversation starter. Yeah. But yeah, are you are are you a brony? Are you like into my little pony at all? Or I just not particularly. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm friends I'm friends with Jay Fosgate. He's one of the, the artists or I, I use that term loosely. I don't know if he would describe me as his friend. I don't know. But he uh <laughs> he's one of the artists it. on the uh My Little Pony comic series and oh uh IDW has that yeah, yeah. So that's another little sort of like in joke kind of a thing is that he he also has a comic from Source Point Press called Dead Duck and Zombie Chick. Uh, they are sidekicks for the Grim Reaper, and they harvest souls across time and space. And of course, you know, wacky, hilarious hijinks ensue and that kind of thing. So naturally, magical ponies is just an offshoot of that. They're so similar. Well, uh, that kind of that kind of gives me like a Billy and Mandy feel. I don't know if you remember that show, The Grim Adventures of yes. Billy and Mandy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah the yeah. greatest show. Love it. <laughs> character with my name awesome stuff but yeah no um it's i think it's funny that um the idw comics kind of like all sort of like bleed into each other at one point like they throw easter eggs so i read jam and the holograms all the time mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. always throw like ponies in there like, like in the background i'm like ah rainbow dash yeah for somebody that is not a brony you know then not really into my little pony i know a lot about the ponies. I don't know why. Wow. Listen, I like cute shit. <laughs> it's not my fault. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I just do it so that way when uh, three-year-olds try and challenge my knowledge, I can assert that I, I am superior. <laughs> <laughs> I stand above you, three-year-old. I, I am above you. <laughs> I am the king of the bronies. <laughs> Yeah, you just go up to the you go up to the three year old. You're like, you got owned, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much my daily life at work. Um, yeah, no, um, it's funny because you know little kids think they know everything, but I'm like, especially when they're like, I was playing Pokemon Go the other day. I'm like, you know what? I grew up with Pokemon. And I know all of them. Ha ha ha! They're like. You're weird. You seem a little angry about that. Yeah, I don't know. They're like, chill, girl, chill. (laughs) I need to assert myself. But, yeah, that went off topic, as usual. I'm sorry. I'll stop talking now, guys. The sound of crickets signals at the time to switch to a new show. It's always me, too, that makes the awkward silences. No one else. (laughs) Um, um, You've done a lot of monster stuff lately. You've done, uh, you know, you've been working on the... uh, 
like the the giant monster comic uh, in Tokyo. Um, you know, uh, is there a specific monster that you're looking forward to writing that you haven't worked with yet? Uh, you know, I haven't really thought about that. That's a good question. Um, I forgot to mention this as well. I'm sorry, this is changing the topic. I'm totally okay. ducking the question. You're but, uh, yeah, we're also having a follow-up to Wild Bullets coming out. So the, the first uh, one was... Yeah, I was going to ask you, I did see that uh, on, your, I think on your blog. You had a thing uh, posted. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. so uh, the... Um, uh, the first one is a, a story that takes place on Thanksgiving. The second one's going to take place on Christmas, and we're going to collect them eventually and call it uh, "Homicide for the Holidays." So, <laughs> nice. uh, but okay. Stuff. What was that? What's that? I said he's good at naming stuff. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Uh, but to get to get back to your question that I kind of dodged before, um, I actually, you know, I've written stories with vampires in them, but I, I've got another idea that I think would be a really cool one that I'd like to do in Monstrous somewhere down the line of a character who is, like, uh, he is himself a vampire and he's a vampire hunter, but a little bit different from Blade in that I thought uh, before he became a vampire, what if he uh, was blinded? So he's, like, a little bit like Batman, a little bit like Daredevil. He's got the heightened senses. Uh, and I thought this could be, like, the Monstrous's World version of, uh, of Van Helsing. So, uh, you know, he's blinded by a vampire and then turns into a vampire and now he sort of walks alone and does the whole, like, blind swordsman Zatoichi kind of thing. Nice. That sounds pretty sweet. So, would you say that like maybe vampires are kind of like your? I don't know. I would say like spirit animal, but like spirit monster. Spirit, <laughs> spirit monster. <laughs> um, you know, I I feel I feel like like a kinship with with all kinds of monsters because I feel like um, you know it's it's cool that they can be sort of like the 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 rejects or whatever, but they all have like their special talents, like uh, like the Phantom of the Opera. You know, he's he's rejected. He lives underground. He's ugly. He feels bad, but in bad. some ways he's able to like. He, he still gets the girl in some ways, right? You know, he's like, I have this beautiful voice. I make these like, cool traps. Way, he gets the girl, I guess. <laughs> he like hypnotizes her and like re- almost sabotages our other relationship. But sure. Well, I mean, there's some technicalities there. I'm talking, like, <laughs> so a guy drops I'm talking a about like he's not a bad guy. I'm talking like musical Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Book Phantom of the Opera is a little different. I, I think I don't know. I read it a long time ago, but. Um, Distraught theater ghost, like too ugly for words, wears mask all the time. Yeah, I can I can relate to that Aww. shit. Oh, sad face. Well, what do you think yours? I, I mean, I feel like I can answer this. Did you really have to ask me that question? I was gonna say you're pretty much Godzilla. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm trying to knock stuff over. Like it's... Hey, uh, by accident in yeah. a loving manner. Um, Seamart's uh, business card. Um. It's like it looks kind of like an ID badge, and on one side is like him knocking over buildings and people, like telling them it's terroristy all the time. So <laughs> I don't know if that. No, it's supposed to be me. He's a giant monster. He's like, no, I'm Godzilla. They're like, no, this looks a little 9/11-y, man. It's like, <laughs> Oops, <laughs> but I think it looks like you're Godzilla. That's why. I don't know. Well, I see the the other the other thing that's kind of a problem about like. You know, whether it's Godzilla or King Kong or, you know, any of the classic monsters, is it's basically like pretty much any of them could just be, you know, like in, in like I feel like in 2016, it's just like, oh, you know, a little therapy and they'd be fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they would like medicate them. You're fine. You fit right in. Uh, if, oh my God, imagine like contemporary Frankenstein. He would just be like a Tumblr nerd and he would just be like, I just want to be accepted. Like, and then he'd be like like an ultimate blogger, and he would be like a hipster selling crafts on Etsy and stuff. Yeah, and he would like have mood boards on his Tumblr. It would be great. Uh, yeah, and he's doing all these high angle selfies with the duck face. I could oh really God. see that. It'd be so great. And then all these girls would be like, "I love this picture of you, so artsy." He would wear a lot of flannel and hipster glasses. Yeah, and he, and he like styles his hair so that it like covers his scars. I could totally see that. <laughs> He's scars got a man bun on top of his flat head. <laughs> yeah, and have a picture of his scars, like on his Instagram or whatever, in black and white. And it'll be like, these scars remind us that the past is real. Let's yes. see my heart open just to feel. I feel like hipster Frankenstein's a thing. Yeah, like someone draw it, please. Yeah. So I, I'm excited about a hipster Frankenstein. Um, yeah. And Bride of Frankenstein would be like his Tumblr like girlfriend. It would be great. 
I, I like well, this. I think it goes for superheroes too. I mean, I think like you know, uh, therapy would cure Batman. Oh uh, it, so it would much. probably take care of Hulk. You know, I mean, most of these guys, you know, a little therapy goes a long way, and then they'd probably be happy and adjusted and not heroic at all. <laughs> Look, Doctor Banner, we all get angry sometimes. It's okay. It's just you know, it's a part of life. That just reminded me of the scene in Wreck-It Ralph when they're in, like, the AA meeting. Yeah, the like, villain's anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, I'm Zangief. I am bad guy. <laughs> but I'm not, like, bad guy. <laughs> just because Zangief is bad guy doesn't mean he is bad guy. <laughs> oh, my God. Love it. Um, yeah, we need more of those. Like, you know, villain support groups, universal monster support groups, Nosferatu. That would be great. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be... Uh, that, that, see, that's, that's my idea of fun. I like to get all the toys out of the toy box and let them fight and play with each other and go crazy and, uh, you know, think about those things. Like, I love that idea of Frank, Frankenstein having a tumbler and, you know, he's probably got black painted fingernails and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, you should check out my band when we get back together and stuff like that. Yeah, he only wears, like, obscure band t-shirts and flannels. With ripped jeans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very Urban Outfitters aesthetic. I reassembled myself from dead vegans. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, no, now I'm a vegan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm made of many different people. I am multiculturalism. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and he would be like, you know, like some omnipresent being, and he would be like, you know, non-binary. Like, he'd be like really about those, like, those human rights and it'd be great <laughs> he could be like a like social justice warrior for the ages like i'd be into that oh man yeah someone <laughs> someone needs to write and draw this right now like <laughs> if you're listening earth please <laughs> uh, also draw fan art of me as phantom of the opera please and thank you <laughs> <laughs> you really soliciting the uh, the projects tonight huh? my god well just picture a fan art of me as the Phantom of the Opera, like just like madly playing an organ. Like, is that not me? Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. You've you've awakened my inner twelve year old by saying that you were madly playing an organ. I mean, it just, to yeah, it's, that's too beavis and butthead for me. I can't. I can't just let that slide. <laughs> and thus concludes our pot. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> Uh, but uh, any plans to uh, return to like pulp and uh, you know crime work and anything like that? Oh, you know, I am always looking to start up new collaborations and new projects. Uh, I've also got a project I'm working on with uh, Rich Bloom, and uh, that's called Retro Yesterday's House of Tomorrow, uh, and. That's in the in the early stages right now. Like we've done some character work and set it up and things like that. It's probably too early for me to be talking about it, but I, here I go. Um, and the cool thing about that is uh, it's a mother and daughter who move into a new house that's one of those fully automated houses from the 1950s. Okay. Uh, and, but it wakes they they accidentally wake up the security system and it threatens to launch uh, nuclear uh, missiles in order to kind of keep the Cold War going. Uh, so they have to find a way to to stop the security system and stop the house from attacking Russia uh, while they're locked in it. So it's kind of a riff on haunted houses and you know the, and the, the current political stuff. situation. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like we have reignited the Cold War. <laughs> Hey, didn't you guys miss all that Cold War fun? Well, it's back now. <laughs> With twice the paranoia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, but it sounds like you're going to be busy. you got a lot of projects uh, lined up. I do. I have, a, I have a lot of things going, uh, and I'm hoping, too, that uh, we're, we're in talks to do a follow-up to the Holliston book. Uh, we've got another idea that we're kicking around right now, and that one I know for sure is too early to talk about. So. Okay. Uh, I'll keep mum about that one, but uh, it, it would it, if it goes through, if it works, it'll be a whole lot of fun, uh, and especially because people have been so excited and so responsive to the first one, hopefully that's something we can keep the momentum going on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, please, you know, in the future, come back when you've got all these coming out. We uh, definitely would like to talk to you again. Oh, it's always so much fun. I get. I'm sorry, I get so skittish and schoolgirlish about it, but I, you know, it's stuff. I, I love it. I get excited about it. Yeah, and no worries. I, that's, that's what makes these podcasts interesting. 
Yeah, yeah. I never understand the people. I see them at Comic Cons and and at different things where they're just like you know they just sit down and they're just you know they're waiting for somebody to come to talk to them and like, yeah, I did this thing. Yeah, you can check it out. I'm just like, no, I'm like, I you know, I if I could, I would go door to door with this and be like, let me tell you about my project. I, I you know, thing. I'm excited about it. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. That's how it should be, though. Yeah, exactly. I wish I could get away with that, right? Knock on people's doors. Hey, are you guys having pizza? Awesome. Ah, look at this comic. Great. Check it out. <laughs> I'll trade you a slice for this comic. <laughs> yeah, see, I would, I would cut deals. I'd cut deals with people. <laughs> uh, well, uh, where, can, uh, where can folks uh, get at you on the, uh, the social media and stuff like that? Uh, you can uh, please check me out at, at Facebook. It's you're just the facebook.com uh, slash Greg Wright comic books. That's uh, G-R-E-G-W-R-I-G-H-T. And then comic books spelled the way that comic books are spelled. Uh, I, like sp- I like to spell my last name because I don't know if people get it right. It could I be hate R Wright or W Wright. I know, I know, or like Rite Aid, I don't know. <laughs> um, and uh, people can uh, also stop by and harass me at Twitter. My handle is, I mean, my, my, it's just my name, Greg Wright, but the, the Twitter handle is uh, Greg Henchman. And uh, people can get uh, up to date on all the stuff. And I've got all kinds of links to, you know, the different websites and of this podcast I'm going to link to and uh, other things that I've done. And I I do a lot of comic cons. I'm kind of winding down for 2016. Yeah, but, I, I hear um, that. We just did our last show uh, last weekend. Yeah, yes. Same here. What one? Would, what one did you do? Uh, Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That was that. Yeah. That's a really fun show. It was a little bit hectic. Uh, we only did one day. We had, we had a panel to do, uh, so we only went for that day that we were on the panel. But I mean, in the short time we were there, we had a great time. It, that's a great con. Oh, awesome. I haven't been myself. I've actually never been to Rhode Island. Um, I, it, it's bothered me since I was a child, though, that it's not an island. I'm that much. <laughs> I don't mean to get political. I'm not trying to get political with you. <laughs> I know. You know, you always expect it to be an island, and it's just not an island. Um, yeah, it was a cool convention. I've never really been to one that's quite set up like that. It's in, like, an arena. We got to meet what's left of Stanley. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he, he was in Rhode Island, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's like one of his last cons ever. Last cons uh, East Coast, anyway. Well, he said that in the Midwest, and then he wound up signing up for another one. So although they build it as like, this is his last con in the in the Midwest, and then they're like, oh, well, here, here's another be, one. Depending on... Yeah, he's like Kiss. He's been on a farewell tour for like 20 years. Right, right, right. And they're like, hey, would you like a yacht? How about a yacht filled with money? And then he's like, okay, I guess Excelsior. I can go. Yeah. I just wanted yeah. to like hug him, like, and I did kind of hug him, but like I said to C. Martin, like one of our other friends, like I made sure not to hug him like too tight, because I felt like he could have broke disintegrate. just like dust yeah I would worry about that I'd be like uh, you know oh no he turned into sawdust <laughs> which is actually Excelsior we got to meet yeah. Stanley and I only had to pay what a hundred dollars yeah. great yeah, yeah. and I was just looking at the line of people waiting with their tickets to meet him and I'm just like wow he made a lot of money today like that's a thing he did but but he's he's so he's so genial and charming and kind and happy. Yes, I mean, he's, he's worth it. He's definitely just like this, this genuinely great human presence. I think. Yeah, he was so nice, and I mean, like you know, I said it's a long day for me as a twenty-five-year-old girl. Imagine how long the day is for him, and yeah. he's working all time. So you really got to give it up for Stan. Yeah. <laughs> It was that moment of silence for Stanley? No, I don't. I, every time I talk, I just make these moments of silence. Um, what was your favorite con this year? I do want to know that. Oh, uh, me? I really, I really like uh, C2E2 in Chicago because oh, that's. Yeah, I would love to check out that show someday. Yeah, yeah. It's, I love it it's there. Really big and, and really cool and just a lot of cool people. Um, and, you know, I didn't get to go to New York Comic Con this year, but I'm really hoping to get there next year because uh, people had fantastic things to say about that as well. Yeah, New uh, York is always fun. C2E2 and, and uh, New York would be pretty similar because yeah, they're, they're run, run by, by Reed Pop. The, yeah, they're both run by Reed Pop. Um, yeah. Uh, I have a friend who does C2E2 every year, and I see all, every time I see his pictures, I'm like, that seems like a place I'd want to go. Christopher <laughs> Jones, you guys would get along, be friends. Uh, 
He's an artist. It's good stuff. Putting people together on these awards. Yeah, no, I would definitely love to check out that show someday. Yeah, like we said, New York is always fun. I think we're just getting a little like weary, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, like the best one, the best one, and if you ever come to Michigan, uh, the best one is um, uh, to me, I think, uh, Motor City Comic Con. Uh, it, for of the of the like, because that's the biggest one in Michigan. But another one that's really really charming that they hold every Memorial Day weekend is the Cherry is the Cherry Capital Comic Con in Traverse City, and that's just it's it's a lot of fun. People just kind of it's more of a hangout show, right? Where you just get to see people, and you know they encourage people. They give them like, hey, come on, you know the the guests and the media people and stuff. They all just you know like, hey, here's an open bar, and we're like, hey, okay, sounds yeah. good. Wow. We did. Uh, we're we've like we're just kind of getting into the party cons. Like, I mean, we've been doing cons now for a couple of years. Like, you know, as part of you know like the vendor slash artist crowd. Um, and we, we've just kind of discovered the, like the party cons like that. Like, oh wow, we can yeah. do this. This is a thing. Uh, um, shout out to our favorite Super Mega Fest. Yep, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, if you ever down our way. Oh, there's a comic convention. Great, great. Yeah, we just want to get to the fun part where we're all in the hotel just drinking later on tonight. It's a great show too. I mean, as far as um, comic cons. Uh, for your area for conven- for conventions, actually, a couple of my favorite cosplayers are out from your way. You want to give him a shout out? Yeah, sweets for a sweet cosplay. Love her, She's best Ursula. We all <laughs> Ursula fan girl. I think Alexa Hart from Heart and Soul Cosplay is out there. That's one of my favorite cosplayers right there. We'll have to uh, maybe maybe 2017 is the year we get to Michigan. We just hit Minnesota last year, so we're working our way. We got those way. M states. Yeah, yeah. Down. Massachusetts, Minnesota. Cold, snowy, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, upstate New York, we get enough of the cold snowy. Yeah, it's, we are the. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the OG. And, and sometime I've never, I've never actually been to Holliston, Massachusetts. I've been to Boston, but uh, I'd love to get out that way, and I could probably use it as a tax write-off, saying that yo, this is research or something business like that. Trip, business trip. Well, in Massachusetts, that's where Super Mega Fest is. So there, there you go. Coming right back to that one. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Um, if, yeah. If, no, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, if, if only I could do all the things that I want to do. <laughs> I know. Yeah. If only money wasn't a thing. Stupid money <laughs> ruins everything. <laughs> Boo money. It'll yeah, be, really. It'll be all worthless soon anyway. <laughs> Down to capitalism. Yeah. And that has been... <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I'm just worried that we're going to have to eventually pay with thing, pay for things with our looks, and I'm bankrupt You're there too. So <laughs> screwed. Like. I'm a Phantom of the Opera, guys. It's okay. Right. <laughs> I got it. I'll make some beautiful music instead. Oh, we've Don always got this podcast me. money we can fall back on. <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh my god! Cue, cue laughter. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Greg, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yay. This has been awesome. It was awesome. See, Mark, Undies of Wendy, thank you very much for having me. It's it's a pleasure. I'm really glad to be back, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I'm very yeah, grateful. Absolutely. Please, please come back when you get when. Uh, like I said, you've got a lot of stuff lined up, so please come back. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> wonderful. Well, this has been Transmissions from the Evil Lair. I've been Seymour. I've been Undies of Wendy. And one last thank you to our guest, Doctor Greg Wright. Woo. I always throw the doctor in there when I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thank a you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>